Welcome back to the Effort Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, we have 2021 CrossFit Games champion, Justin Medeiros. Justin had a very dominant performance at the CrossFit Games. He had an incredible year, and I couldn't wait to discuss with him not only this, but really his background. I reached out to him. I said, man, I really want to know more about you, how you grew up, how you were raised, what is your training style like, what's your mindset like, and he did an incredible job opening up about those things and discussing them. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. Justin has an incredible career ahead of him. I can't wait to see what he does. Before we dive into the episode, I want to remind you, if you enjoy this episode, please rate it, review it, share it. And if you're a gym owner or coach and you haven't checked out the NC Fit Collective, you're missing out. Check out our session plans, our programming, our business tools. They're world class. And if you're an athlete looking to train in your garage or at the gym, make sure you check out the NC Fit app. Now, without any further ado, let's dive into an incredible episode with the CrossFit Games champion, Justin Medeiros. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, um, Justin, you and I were just talking about this. I was, I know that you're in school and I was trying to figure out, wait, how does he go, um, to, to Boise state and then also train in Vancouver, Washington? I, I just couldn't figure it out. And so can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, what are you currently going to school for and how I guess COVID in some ways helped you because you were able to go remote. And then what is the plans for when you actually go back in person? How is that going to work? Yeah, so uh, I go to Boise State, and I'm a kinesiology major, and uh, I'm on my senior year. But um, I was always in school there, and then I got connected with Adam, and he said the only way we can work together is, like, in person because he doesn't like doing too much remote programs. So I started going there on my summer breaks, and that was kind of the only time I could be there. And then COVID happened, and obviously no one would ever wish for COVID to happen. No. But, like, we always try to – I always try to pride myself to find, like, the good and like bad scenarios and the good for me was I could train a lot more. My schedule was way more flexible and my school got moved online. So I was able to pretty much move out to uh, Vancouver, Washington and like live with my coach and just train and really focus on that. And so are you, so now you're in your senior year at Boise. So are you going to then be able to go back out there? And then what are the plans then for graduation? So you're, you're a kinesiology major. And so what are the plans then to finish that up and how are you going to be able to do that? Yeah, so I actually had like uh, just some family stuff that happened. I had to take a semester off like a year and a half ago. Uh, so I was supposed to be graduated this fall, but or sorry, this spring. But um, I only have one more semester, so I graduate in December. So kind of just during the off season right now, I'll be finishing up school. I only have two classes left, so a low workload and just kind of finish up and get a relax. But it'll be in person this time, so I'll be in at Boise. Okay. Very, very cool. And then after that, so what are your plans for after graduation? You're obviously going to be training full-time then getting ready for the 2022 games. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, I, it's honestly pretty crazy to think about. I uh, started working with my, like Adam and I told him uh, I have two years to qualify for the CrossFit games or maybe it's three years at the time. And I was like, uh, then I'm going to graduate school and I'm going to have to get like a big boy job, you know what I mean? And, and try to figure out that part of my life if, if CrossFit, because I don't want to like keep chasing a dream that's never going to happen. And I was trying to be pretty realistic with myself. And now it's pretty cool to have the opportunity to like 
possibly do CrossFit like full time with like the help of sponsors and, and getting some prize money from competition. So I'm really curious. I feel like I just like really want to see what's possible if I dedicate like a full year to just hundred percent focused on CrossFit. And obviously I need to do something else because I can't just like consume myself with CrossFit. I'm going to need to have something else I can focus on, but um, I'm really excited to have the freedom to be able to do that. And so on that note, you know, um, I do think you're gonna be able to make it into a career, obviously, because you've been able to not only win the games, but the sponsorships and et cetera, coming out of this, uh, coming out of your college, soon you'll be, you'll, you'll win the CrossFit Games and graduate from college in the same year, um, which is exciting. And, and actually for me, the same thing happened. So I, I, I graduated from college and won the CrossFit Games in it, and it created a whole kind of decade of competing. And so winning this young is just amazing and I, I mean on the scale of where you think you're at with your potential you're probably just scratching the surface I imagine yeah no for sure I mean I think after last year's games I was just it was just so crazy to believe that I got third place at the CrossFit games like I went into that year like just trying to make it and qualify and ended up winning my sanctional and then I went a whole year of COVID not knowing where I was and then I got third place on the online like the for stage one of the games and then went to the games and actually got third too and I was just like when I picture the third fittest man on earth, like I did not picture myself at all. And that's just because it's not because I wasn't working hard or putting in like all the time and effort. Cause I was, and I was pushing myself to absolute limit, but like, I just felt like I had so many holes in my game and so many things to get better at. And when I picture the third fittest man on earth, I'm thinking of like, like, just like you guys, I grew up watching you and Rich Bronin and Matt Frazier and all this stuff. And it's just like crazy to believe that, like, that was me. And I spent a lot of last year just trying to like own that and believe that, okay, like I am one of the fittest people like in the world and I need to start training and believing that. And um, I pretty much just focused on beating myself from last year. I said, I want the 2021 Justin to run circles around 2020 Justin. And that was our focus. You can't really focus on what everyone else is doing. Just kind of focus on myself. So at the games, obviously, you had a great performance, super consistent, uh, pretty much top 10 in, in pretty much every event. Um, but before that, um, at MAC, like, you didn't win MAC. So how was it going from not winning your semifinal from a confidence perspective? Because you came off the games in third, and then essentially, I mean, you were arguably one of the top runners to win the Cross the Games, but then you didn't finish, you didn't win MAC. Like, how was that experience and how did that prepare you for the games? Obviously I'm going to talk to you about the games, of course. But yeah, no, that was honestly a really weird kind of experience. Cause I came out of the Mac, even though I got third, I was like, that was an awesome competition for me. Like every workout that came out, I executed well. I had some workouts that weren't like good for me. And I felt like I crushed them. And I was just super excited about like the field of athletes I was going against and how well I did in some of the workouts that being said, I was like, dude, that was like almost a perfect run for me. And I got third. So I was like, I was nervous from that point. But I was like, I also felt like at the Mac, I never had any workouts that were like, in my wheelhouse or workouts that really got me fired up. And like, I, I PR'd my snatch, like, in event one, but there was also like eight other guys that snatched 300 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, So there's a lot of stuff like that. And you can't control that. And I was just super happy with how I did. And I just knew that like, I have two more months to prepare. That's why I wanted to do the Mac was because it was the first one and I had the most amount of time to prepare for the games. Um, and I really wanted to take time of that, like take advantage of that opportunity. Cause if you did like West Coast, West Coast, you only had like three weeks before 
you had to travel for the games. You're probably going to take a rest week after. So I wanted to do one really early. So I had time to prepare. And um, like, I think my coach, like Adam, just really helped me with that. Like we prepared for the Mac. And then that last two months was just solely focused on the CrossFit games. So I hear you talk about Adam a lot. I definitely want to talk about him, of course. Um, but how did your training shift from Mac, um, which is more, um, I guess like an old school regional style, right. To then the games, which obviously has a broader exposure, swimming, blah, blah, blah. How does the training change from Mac leading into the games? Yeah. It honestly changes, like changes so much. I mean, just like from like standpoint one is just how much volume you're going to be doing. Like, like day or day two of the CrossFit games had five workouts. Like the Mac was a three day event and we had six total. So like, it's just a whole different monster. You really got to like train your body to be able to handle that amount of volume. And I feel like, like when I train, like I want to go as the weekend goes on, like I want to be getting better. I know people are getting tired. Like I want to be able to sustain my fitness throughout the end of the weekend. And I think a good example of the games is that is at the Mac. There was a bunch of guys that snatched 300 and I snatched 285 and I PR'd. And that was event one. And then at the games, event 12 was the max snatch. And I tied my PR and got 285. And two of the other guys in the field that were at the MAC, they both bowed out at 275. So um, just kind of increasing the volume. And one of the greatest things about the games is uh, I think there's such a broad test of fitness. And you get to, like, do events and objects that you can't do anywhere else. And that just, like, fires me up and trying to prepare for the unknowable and, like, objects like the pig and stuff it's like no one really has those at their gym like you just got to go out there and use your fitness so I think events like that are so cool and the swim and kayak like you just don't get to do those beside the CrossFit games that whole year you're just like leading up to the games you're just trying to test all those different types of stuff heavy yokes and um all, all the fun stuff really for CrossFit and so you're coming off Mac uh you know, and then Adam's training, you're, you're talking about volume, which I think this year, potentially more than ever, I actually was talking to Chris Hinshaw recently about this. I mean, dude, you guys got put through the ringer and there's, there's no other way to put it. I actually thought the, the program, the, the games were super well programmed. I thought that I, I really enjoyed it. But my question is leading up from a volume perspective, what is a day of training? And I mean, we could talk about the, like now today or, or leading up into like regionals open, whatever, but when I was competing at the games, my training was always different for the open than the regionals and the games because the type of events were different. And like you said, the volume, but the volume seems to be increasing and the competition definitely is getting better, obviously. So what type of volume were you putting in from Mac then leading into the games? Like, are we talking like three workouts a day, four, what, what are we talking about there? Yeah. So it's really different. I mean, it's, we kind of do like a slow build throughout the year. If you hammer yourself with high volume, like now, like your body's just going to be burnt out by the time like games come. So we have to do that slow build and you want to be like firing all cylinders by the time the games come. And the games is super different because you can have five events in a day and like the Mac and stuff like that's just not going to happen. You're going to have two, maybe three in a day. So uh, my training lead up to the Mac, like it's kind of like two main sessions where, uh, throughout the week they're focused on different things but crossfit's always involved like i'll like have weightlifting three days a week bodybuilding three days a week and then i'll have and those will be like stacked like in between each other and then crossfit kind of mixed in in between um and when you get into the games like there's so many other aspects of fitness that are going to be tested like 
you kind of know in like the open and quarterfinals and sometimes not even at semifinals, like you're probably not going to be like swimming. So like that's cut out of the program, like early on. And when you get into the June, July, like you got to incorporate swimming two, three times a weekend because you just know that aspect of fitness is going to be tested. You know that there's going to be running tested. Like there's certain things where you just know that that's going to happen. And what a little bit differently this year is we knew there was going to be like four, five events a day. So we kind of did like four sessions a day instead of doing two. And they were all a little bit smaller, but just kind of train your body to, oh, sorry, I got a phone call. But uh, yeah, no, I just kind of like train your body to be able to like few morning, train hard for a session. And then you only have like an hour and a half to prepare for the next session. So you got to learn how to eat, refuel, like recover and hit that next workout really hard and do that four times a day is something that you definitely got to practice. Obviously the fitness is part of it, but to fuel your body and get ready to kind of warm up and cool down four times a day is a lot. in and of itself, like something that you really got to train. So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, but you're talking about three weightlifting days and you, you brought up bodybuilding. So what do you mean by that? Like, uh, are those like ISO, like isolated muscle groups? Like, are you actually specifically saying, Hey, I'm going to work my traps or my shoulders or whatever. You actually incorporate that style of like, um, pinpointing or, or no. Yeah, pr pretty much. Honestly, I brought another coach onto my team this year named Jesse Bufano. He's from, uh, he, he's, he's up in Canada and he's, um, he, he's been on the CrossFit staff and stuff too. And, just for me personally, I think I'm someone that lacks some upper body strength. If you look at last year's games, like I back, like in the CrossFit total, I back squatted up there towards the top and my deadlift is up there towards the top. And then my strict press was 25 pounds less than everybody. It's just kind of like that raw upper body strength. And I don't like struggle with like jerks and stuff like that because the power comes from the hips. You use and, the hips, yeah. Yeah. So um, just kind of like that raw strength, that's something that I've really struggled with. And shoulder strength, not only is just strict press, like you have, you are pressing the bar on thrusters and handstand pushups and even wall balls and whatever that is. And I think that's something that I really lacked. So I'd be brought on another coast to really, the goal was to get my shoulders stronger, but my pressing strength up. And I did three sessions a week. I FaceTimed them for an hour and a half and just worked on my upper body doing bench and presses and I'll, I'll just an hour and a half of just upper body building pretty much. And, and, and some of that was like isolated, like, I don't know, shoulder raises. And even, did you start even incorporating things like cables or mainly still dumbbells and, and barbells and whatnot? Yeah. The, the cables were hard. It's running across the gym and we don't have it. But, um, but when I was around cable machines, like we definitely got that in and just doing a lot of like dumbbell work and like, even like pec flies and dumbbell rows and just trying to get, everything up here on my lats, back, shoulders, delts, just everything super strong. And, yeah, really and it, was, it was a cycle we did like, sorry, what were you saying? No, I was going to say that's really interesting because historically from a, from a CrossFit perspective, you would think more compound, whatnot, but from a pure strength perspective, I mean, there's definitely value of course in, in this bodybuilding concept, but you're the first person I've talked to that that specifically was incorporating that to benefit them for the CrossFit games, right? And not looking at it as an aesthetic appeal, but actually using it to strengthen these micro pinpointed muscle groups. Um, that's super interesting. I mean, that's, that's, that's something new. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was really cool to, to do. It's something so different. I've never done it before. And like Adam, he's just such an awesome coach. Like to have him in my corner is a game changer. And he's 
obviously he knows every aspect of fitness, weightlifting, CrossFit and, and all that stuff. But he's also one to admit like, okay, like, yeah, I know bodybuilding stuff, but there's so many people out there that are experts in it that know more than me. So he was going to go out there and reach out and get, bring these other coaches onto our team that like, that's what they do. And they're super specific on that. And, uh, so to just to have Adam, like to be humble and like, be able to be like, Nope, this guy's more than me on this subject and brings him onto the team and allows him to incorporate it in. And I actually brought him out to the games too. And we're, we're like, our goal is just to build the best team we can. And, um, it, it was super cool to have that bodybuilding though into my training. It was something different, weird. And I'd never done it before. And you're like, frick, like, is this working? Is it not? And then I'm starting to do like higher pull-up volume and my thrusters like are feeling so much better. I actually feel the pressing strength. Each one. It's not just my legs. And, um, like last year at the games, the heavy thruster workout, I mean, obviously it was just a field of five, but I got last and I wasn't really even close. And this year we had the thruster wall walk workout and my shoulder stamina was just so much better than everybody else. I won my heat and got second overall. Scott, Scott Pancheck crushed the workout, but it's really cool to see those bodybuilding aspects like transfer over into CrossFit. So you have, um, you know, Adam is your overall coach and then you had a bodybuilding coach. Do you have any other coaches that support you, like a swim coach, a run coach, or you mainly just stick with Adam and his bodybuilding coach? Uh, yeah, we actually have a weightlifting coach that uh, trains out of our gym. I do all my Olympic weightlifting um, with him, the snatch, clean and jerk squats. Um, and we also have another coach that I don't get to see him too often, but Adam kind of bounces ideas off him and he'll kind of give us like 10 or 15 workouts and we'll kind of drop those into uh, our training as needed. And once I kind of used all of them, then he'll give us a new batch. And he just kind of helps me with uh, machine work. So just rowing, biking, um, skier, just kind of gives me just pure machine workouts that I can try to build because that's what he does. He, he, he works on machines. He's like a concept two guy. I love it. I love it. And so uh, how do you feel? how did you feel after? So the CrossFit Games had 15 events. They were all pretty like, high intent, like they were all pretty demanding because you're trying to win and, and they're tough. Right. Um, how'd your body feel, um, the next couple of days, were you pretty beat up or did you, were you feel pretty good? Yeah, no, I mean, you kind of put on that game face when you're in condition, like you go and you're sitting in the athlete group and everyone sits down, you talk right. and you act get cool. Off, you act cool. Yeah. Yeah. You walk down the stairs, like just don't make a face. Like, don't just do like, I'm trying to like, Oh yeah, I'm not sore. I feel good. Like yeah. 55 dressers at 185. My legs feel fresh. You know what I mean? But inside I'm like, Oh my gosh, my legs hurt to touch right now. But, um, one thing that was really cool is I talked to Adam about this after the competition is like, yeah, I was really sore throughout the whole weekend. But every time I stepped on at the competition floor, like I wasn't limited by that. Like my body performed to what I know it can perform. And everyone has those days in the training where you're like, Oh, I was be able to do this way faster. But today, like, I'm just tired. Like I can't just lift as much or, or go as fast. I normally do. I'm just getting more tired. And I think just the increased volume and my body was prepared for it, even though I was super sore. Um, I'll still be able to go out there and execute just like hitting my PR snatch on event 12. You know what I mean? Even though I was feeling wrecked. And, and so, you know, your body's feeling beat up and like, but recovery is so important, right? Obviously. So what type of things are you doing in between events? I mean, I imagine like, I mean, obviously you have like the cold, you know, cold plunge and ice baths and, and whatnot, but how about nutrition? How about recovery? Like I almost feel like the CrossFit games are becoming 
just as much about your fitness as they are about your recovery, if not potentially even more. Um, so what does that look like, especially, in, in, and we'll take this CrossFit Games in particular. Yeah, no, for sure. And like I said, it all started in training. That's why I was doing like four small sessions throughout the day because I needed to practice it, like practice my recovery and see what foods I like, what I could eat close to an event and not bother my stomach and, ah. and just kind of figure out like all those things. And um, it, it was it was honestly hard. And you kind of like pick and see what feels good. And for me, I kind of found like I front loaded my nutrition in the morning and at night. And I like ate a bunch, like my breakfast, it took me like an hour and a half to kind of put down, like I'd wake up, start eating it in my hotel room. Then I would like eat it on the way to like athlete briefing, eat it throughout athlete briefing and try to be done with it by the end of that. Um, and same and what did that night, entail? Was, was that like, a, my- was that like an egg, bacon, peanut butter? What, what, what was, what, what was your breakfast? What's a typical breakfast when you're competing? Yeah. So I would have a, um, I had four eggs, two pieces of toast with jelly on it. And then I had a cup of oatmeal with um, a bunch of like strawberries and blueberries in it. And it just took me a long time to eat. I would like, before I left my room, I would eat my eggs and uh, toast. And then on the way to athlete briefing, I would just try to put down all my oatmeal. <laughs> you know, back in earlier CrossFit days, they wouldn't give us the schedule of events. And so you almost had to always be at a state where you were prepared to go perform. Um, but yeah. now because they have a little bit more of a schedule, does that really help when it comes to food and, and timing it? So if you front load and you back load, right? So you eat a lot in the morning and then, and then at night um, you eat a lot. What occurs throughout the duration of the day? Because, you know, you might have two or three events and how does that work? Yeah, dude, I brought like a Getty backpack, like literally filled to the brim with food. Like I had so many different things like all the things I ate in my training I had like wraps with like meat and cheese and then I had peanut butter and jellies and fuel for fires fruit snacks granola bars yogurt just like berries fruit and just it was pretty much a game of like whatever I could get down I'm getting down and I ate probably like 10% of what was in that bag but like you know, if you're training, like you're never hungry. So you're trying to sit in there. I'm looking at my bag. I'm like, what could I eat right now? And then I'll take a bite of something. I'm like, Mm-mm, not that. <laughs> and then I'll grab something else and uh, try to eat. And you kind of, like you said, you can see the kind of schedule now. And like, sometimes you only have like an hour break in between that. And you'll see one, there's, oh, I have two hours. Okay. That's the time I got to eat my meal. Like I got to have like my lunch or whatever you want to call it then. But um, yeah, I eat like tons of fruit snacks and just carbs, just trying to get as many carbs as I can in. And so that was from a nutrition perspective. Um, how about what else? I mean, like foam rolling, ice baths, like sauna. I mean, any of that stuff come to mind or, or, or not really any like crazy weird thing that you do that maybe people don't know about from a recovery perspective? No, nothing too crazy. I definitely like, I, I don't ice bath. I'm not kind of an ice bath person in my training, but when it comes to competition, I think it could be really helpful when you're hitting this such high volume over a couple of days. Like I think it, it really makes a difference. And um, I try to get in almost every workout. I would try to ice bath for just like five minutes, get in, wait till the body kind of went numb and then get out. And other than that, it was a lot of uh, like hyperboling and stuff. And what was really cool about like the games this year is we had a day off after Wednesday. And like, that was like, okay, like I got to, beat everybody like that was like another competition day and sort of like i'm gonna be more recovered than anybody else and it was something i never done before and that's why we have a team of uh, people but like i went on three 10 minute walks but it was not like a walk it was like a 10 minute walk for time 
Like you're not running, but like you're speed walking as fast as you can. It was really weird. I've never done it before. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen it in the Olympics where like, um, uh, like to official speed walkers, like your heel and your toe have to be touching the ground at the same time, but they're, mo- have you ever seen that on TV? It's yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's what I felt like. I was yeah. like, it was, it was super funny. I mean, you, uh, it was cool. Like people actually recognize me this year, which is kind of different. And like me and my coach are out there, like speed walking down, like we're going five minutes out and then try to go faster five minutes back or we're speed walking like by people. It was really funny, but, um, yeah, I did, I do like, um, like we did three 10 minute walks. I did like a 20 minute, like flush on the C2 bike, just at like two minute to two ten pace, just kind of nice and steady, just kind of get a little bit of a sweat going flush out. I stretched, um, I had Norma tech boots. Like I hypervolted just literally doing everything that I possibly can. And I don't know if it helped or not, but it definitely didn't make me worse. And, uh, just kind of like in my head, like, okay, after Thursday, I was like, I did everything I possibly could to be recovered. And another yeah. big part of that I wouldn't say is sleep. I think sleep is like the number one on my list for me. Like even in between events, like a 10 minute nap, like is a game changer for me. If I can just like close my eyes, like reset and then get up and go, like is a really big help. So two things on that. Why the speed walk? And then what does your sleep look like non-competition related? Yeah. So the, the speed walk, I think it's just kind of the same concept as like flushing things out. Like you're getting your heart rate up and, and, and walking, but like you kind of get a sweat, like your legs get a flush, you're firing all your muscles and your whole body's moving really when you're speed walking, like your shoulders are moving, your hips are moving, knees, legs, and you're kind of, everything's getting like moved and situated. And my, my coach has kind of read a lot, read a lot more about it than me, but, um, it's just really good for your body. He's like, he said when people at his gym, if they have like back issues and stuff, like he prescribes them to like speed walk for like 10 minutes a day. Um, just kind of like helps everything get more aligned. Like your body's built to walk just like it's built to squat. And, um, he, he's just a big believer in it. And we did that and it, it helped. It worked for me. So, um, yeah, there you it, go. It was, it was definitely different, but, uh, I'm never against trying something new. And then how about from a sleep perspective? So like during the training, like I'm a big believer in like, uh, to compete, like train the way you want to, like, especially from a nutrition perspective, people used to say like, Hey, what do you eat on game day? It's like, well, you really don't want to switch things up compared to what you were doing in training because you, you don't know how your body's going to react to these different things. And so my question is leading up into competition or just in general, what does your sleep look like? Yeah, no, I, I, I sleep's really big. I have to force myself to go to bed at a certain time because I like staying up late and uh, that's always a challenge for me. So I'm always in bed by like 8.30 or 9. So I'm asleep by 9.30. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Like I, need, what time that, to get I need like an hour to like, huh? What time do you normally get up at? Uh, like 7.30. Okay. So you get, yeah. quite a, you get quite a bit. Yeah. 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 So I really try to get it. And, and like my sleep situation, like, is really good at home. Like I have a really nice bed. I got like uh, the eight sleep um, mattress cover. So I don't know if you know what eight sleep is, but like it, it cool, you can set the temperature of your mattress and it cools and it adjusts like throughout the night. And so like, that's a big game changer. I have my own little air conditioning unit inside my room so I can like set like the temperature. Cause I really like it cold. If it's not cold in my room, like I just won't sleep well. I love being like all up in the blankets and uh, all that stuff. So like I have a little air conditioning unit in my room. I have this, like the sleep, like the, the mattress that cools and like blackout curtains. 
Dude, that's so funny. My wife is the exact same. My wife needs blackout curtains and super, super cold. And I just freeze my ass off. And so we, we go back and forth on it. But um, I, I want to switch gears here a little bit. You know, obviously your game's performances are incredible. But, you know, one of the things I, I messaged you about was like, I'm more curious about like your background, right? And so I know you grew up in Lodi, um, which is not very far from me. I'm here in San Jose. And um, like, tell me a little bit more, like you got into CrossFit at a really young age. And my son is uh, seven and I train, you know, I train with him regularly. We, we work out together. And one of the questions you always get is, Hey, you know, when is too early for your kids lift weights? And for me and my son, it's more of a bonding experience. And because I'm pretty familiar with these lifts, I try not to push him too much, but just make sure he's moving well and whatnot. But you started lifting in seventh grade, like around like what, 12 years old. Yeah. What do you think about kids in strength training what's been your experience now i'm just curious yeah no i definitely think that it, it's super important i think you can start them like as young as you can and like just like like anything like when kids want to learn a new language they say it's best to do it when they're young because they just absorb it all and they, and they learn it super quick when you get older it's hard to like like learn new things like it just gets harder and when you're young if you can really teach like perfect form and, and good movement patterns like just going to benefit them as they go on like you don't want them to get older than start lifting weights in high school and never done it before and now they're just with their bunch of friends trying to see who can lift the most and they're all lifting with oh. terrible form and that was a lot of what football training was like 100 100 like, oh my gosh like there's these guys that dude they're way stronger they lifted way more than me but they're like reverse curling like a 315 clean i'm just like how are you doing this kind of thing but i think it's just and then they get hurt you know what i mean um and their back squats like their knees are clamping and their butts rising as they're going oh. up and i'm just it's just terrible to see like but when you're young and you can like learn those good forms learn how to squat and for, like most part you look at a baby they already know how to squat they're already doing it and you're just kind of reinforcing it i mean obviously i don't think it'd be too good to max out the lifts and the only reason why that's not good is because when you max out a lift then you're flirting with your your technique you know what i mean like I know my max lifts aren't always the prettiest lifts, but right. um, that's why we do all the work at those lower percentages to just hammer that technique. So like, you don't even have to think about it. So when you do go for a max, like it's just second nature, like, you know how to move. Right. And yeah. So I, I started lifting in, in seventh grade. I started in football. I learned tons of terrible techniques and I joined my CrossFit gym and really learned how to move well. Dude. It's so funny. You mentioned that. So when I was playing football, you know, like, I remember one time the coach got really big on this idea of like stimulating the muscle right before you got on the bus. So what we would do is we'd go into the weight room and go for a one rep max deadlift. And these were just gross deadlifts and then get right on the bus. I don't know why, I don't know where it came from, but we would just all show up there, no warm up, cold, just go ahead and lift our one rep max and then get right on the bus and go to a game. And uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. It's just, it just, I, I agree with you. I think that's really interesting teaching these fundamentals age and then how they carry over later on in life um so growing up in Lodi and you know you played football you wrestled too um yeah. so tell me a little bit more about your athletic background before I mean it's not I was gonna say before you found CrossFit but dude I mean you found it in seventh grade so it's not like but you did both combined right so so how did that process work between football wrestling and CrossFit yeah so I started in seventh grade and I only did it to help me with like my sports and that's why I did it. And honestly, my, my mom was one that got me into it and I've always been com like super competitive. And that started like in elementary school. I had like 
the best PE teacher. And we had just had like a get together to celebrate like like winning the games at my house. My mom invited her out. I haven't seen her since like sixth grade. So it was really cool seeing her. But like she doesn't like ingrained competition and like at a very young age. So in fourth, fifth and sixth grade, we're on like the quarter system. So four quarters uh, in a school year. And quarter one was like basketball. Quarter two was soccer, football, and then like a version of rugby. And she like was the teacher for all the PE classes. So then she knew the kids and we all would sign up. She'd make teams that are fair. And then we would have like preseason, regular season playoffs. And then the two best teams would compete in like, like the Super Bowl or, or the World Cup or whatever it was. And we'd be able to like draft three other kids from the other teams that didn't make it. And the whole school would go watch that final event like each quarter. And it was like some of the best memories like I had and got me super competitive into that. And uh, it kind of carried on. I carried that into wrestling and football. And my mom asked me to start CrossFit and I was obviously very competitive and she's telling me she did like a seven minute workout and I'm, I was wrestling with the high school team at the time. And I'm like, they go to the gym for like an hour and a half. You worked out in seven minutes. And I was super curious about it and ended up joining. And it, it really helped. I don't think I would have been the wrestler I was without CrossFit. And I don't think I would have been the CrossFit I was without wrestling. And so tell me more about wrestling. So you, so by the way, that's super cool about the elementary school and your PE teacher, because I think competition is very healthy. I think kids need to learn how to win and how to lose. And I think they need to, I think, I think there's something very healthy about that, right? Done the right way. Yeah. And um, with our kids, we try and instill that. And I think that's really cool. You had that at a young age because it teaches that level of like competition is okay. You know? Um, yeah. So you, you, you transitioned to high school. So you wrestled in high school. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And did you, did you, did you decide like, what were you, did you have plans to go wrestle in college or play football in college? Do you have any of those plans or did you, when did you know you wanted to kind of take a run at the whole CrossFit games thing? Yeah. So I uh, quit football after my sophomore year in high school to focus on wrestling. And I really wanted to go to college for wrestling. That was my plan. Um, I, I was a pretty decent wrestler. I, like I made state twice and, um, in California, it's a big deal. And I had a couple a offers deal. to like some smaller schools. And, um, I was, uh, starting to get really burnt out in wrestling. And I was like, okay, like, I'm not going to pick a school for wrestling, but I'm going to go to a school I want to go to and then go out for the wrestling program. And I chose Boise state. I talked to the coach. I had a spot on the team for wrestling, not, not on a scholarship or anything. And a week before practice started, they cut program. So there was no wrestling. I was like, well, I guess I'll just focus on CrossFit now. But um, before I, I always was competitive in CrossFit. I did um, before the CrossFit Games had a teenage division. There was something called the Gauntlet Series, which was kind of the CrossFit Games for kids. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that and they had like a world like competition at the very end of it. You had to do some qualifiers and there's some people coming from like, European countries all over. And it was in Southern California. And I did that competition. Um, and then I made regionals in California my senior year in high school uh, while I was still wrestling and stuff. So I- I've always loved CrossFit. There was never a question about if I loved it. I just never thought that it was like uh, something that I could do competitively as a sport. And when I went to college, like my, my parents are super supportive. They're going to support me as long as I was wrestling. And since that ended, they kind of said the same thing. It's still really focused and trained CrossFit. Like we'll still help support you throughout um, college. And then I made regionals again, freshman year. 
And then I, that next year, my sophomore year, I reached out to Adam and told him like, Hey, I want to try to qualify for the CrossFit games. Like, this is my goal. I have three, like three years left in college. Um, and I want to do everything I can to make it happen. So wrestling in high school, you know, and then playing football, football is a team sport, obviously wrestling. It's kind of a team sport, but not really. Um, how much of that do you think prepared you for crossing? Cause cross is definitely an individual sport from a, obviously, obviously a team side being separate, of course, but learning how to compartmentalize, what type of things have you done throughout high school? Cause you're, you're relatively young, right? What type of things have you done to compartmentalize from a, from a mindset perspective? So things that I think about, right. Understand what's in your control, positive self-talk, these different types of things that are becoming more popular about speaking about how important the mind is. What types of things do you lean on? And then how did wrestling help that? Because wrestlers are some of the hardest workers in the room for sure. And I'm wondering how that helped you in between the ears more so than just the actual, you know, physical application. Yeah. And I think like the biggest thing that wrestling helped was just kind of like focusing on myself and doing what I can do. Cause I can't control what my opponents doing, how he prepared or whatever that is. I can't worry about that. I can just focus on myself and, um, it caused started when I, my first year of wrestling, I'm pretty sure I lost every match besides one. And I cried after every match. Like I was just devastated. And I just didn't understand like that winning, losing. And this is I when you were super, in a, this is not high school. This is before this that, is not right? high school. This is before. Yeah. This yeah. is before. And I just like did not understand it. And, um, these guys are so much better than me and I always was competitive and really good at most of the things I did. And this, I was just getting my butt whipped on. And I just, I had to learn that like, it's okay that that's happening. And if I don't like that feeling, like I got to work hard to make it happen. And I really just kind of dove in and started focusing. I was at, I was a really young age. So I was as good as I could get then and just kind of really focused and worked hard and then kind of see that work ethic, like pay off on the mat and start like winning matches and make like the state tournament as, as a little kid, like they have the state tournament or whatever it's called. And to see that progression was something that was like game changing. And I really learned that like, you can't get mad after a loss if you went out there and you wrestled good, but that guy was just better than you. It's like, it's, it's out of your control. Like I went out there, like I did my moves. Like I was like, I, I did everything right, but that guy just beat me. And that was like, okay. But then the flip side of that is when you go out there and lose and you know that you did something wrong and like, you know that you lost it because you didn't do something right. And just kind of like learning that balance. And like at the Mac, like I said, like I had a great performance. I felt like that weekend went great, but I got third and I was super pumped up about it. Cause I was like, everything went right. Like I PR'd my snatch workouts. I didn't think I was going to be good. in. I crushed, like I was super pumped, even though I didn't win. That's what I wanted to do. I was super excited about third place. But let's say I was supposed to win and I like had some bad workouts and then I got third, I'd be really mad about that. So like that end outcome of getting like first or third or whatever it is, that doesn't matter. It's about like my execution and what happened. Like if you beat me and you're just better than me, like good for you. But I want to go out there and compete the best I can. And I had some events at the games where I got second in the workout and I was just super mad because I was like, I left points out there. That was super mad. I I could have won that and I messed up. And then I had some events where I got 15th and I was like, dude, that was everything I had. That went awesome. And just kind of like learning the balance of that. And yeah, huge. And so kind of from right now, 
What, so your family, I saw your mom and dad uh, at the games. I mean, I, I, I was at the games briefly, but I also saw them on like TV and whatnot. And so how have they been supportive? I mean, it sounds like they're super supportive. Now, do they still live in Lodi and then you're out in Vancouver? At their house. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm only in Vancouver kind of in the competition year. I moved up there during the open and then I stayed there throughout the whole games and trained. Um, and then I'm home right now. I'm about to go back to school next week, but like everything I've ever done, they're fully supportive of me. And I think it's just like at every wrestling tournament, football tournament, they were there and, and like n no matter what, and they were there to like support me. It doesn't matter if I won or lost, they, they were there. And it was because I don't think too many people have that. And when I go out there, I know as long as I'm giving my best effort, like they're going to be pumped up for me. And um, if I have like a dream and passion, like they're going to be there and, and help me do it. And now that I'm found CrossFit and gave everything I have, like they were driving like hours to go to local competitions for me. And I was like, loved it. And um, they're just like my biggest fans. And it's just, I don't want to disappoint them because they've sacrificed so much to help me get here to where I am today. Absolutely. And so from a, from a next step perspective, like what does the next week, couple weeks look like for you? Are you taking some downtime? Are you taking time off? Are you still training or how do your workouts look like today? Yeah. So I actually haven't worked out since the games. Uh, it's it's kind of new for me. I've never done it before. I've, I've just like, I've talked to other like athletes. I still feel like I'm new in the sport and I'm trying to learn as much as I can. And talking to Matt and Tia and all these people, I mean, they, they say that like, it's very important to like take time off. So I think this is the biggest stretch of not working out that I've ever gone on. <laughs> so it's definitely different, like really different for me to not go to the gym because I want to so bad. I'm on such a high after the games. Like all I want to do is go to the gym and work out with all my friends. But um, they said it's just super important for your body to go and decompress. And I just had a meeting yesterday with uh, both my coaches, Adam and Jesse, and kind of getting a focus of the plan. And I'm going to do the Rogue Invitational and that's in like two months. And I'm like, like, dude, like I want to work out right now. Like I want to be prepared and trained for that. And just kind of important to focus on like, Hey, this is the off season and our goal is to win the CrossFit games again next year. And, um, that comes, we'll take it easy right now. So, um, it's kind of different because last year the games ended in October and then it kind of, we had to like kind of hop right back into it after, cause the open was just a couple months away, right around the corner. So it's been a really long season for me and, uh, it's kind of nice to kind of decompress take a step back and realize all that work paid off. And so how about from like a, I know it's going to sound different, but like from a business perspective. So, you know, as much as you're an athlete, um, there's also like a business side of being an athlete with sponsorships and, and things like that. So do you also use um, like a marketing agency? Uh, and how, how's that process been? How's the process been getting sponsors and, and being a, an entity that's, that's trying to build something for the long run? What has that process been like for you? Yeah, it's been so crazy. And I never even thought about any of that happening until after Ireland. Like, I won Ireland and Adam, my coach, this, like, a living. And I was like, never crossed my mind. Like, I just do this for fun. You know what I mean? And uh, I ended up working with Live and Live. Um, they reached out after Ireland. And it was, they are so awesome. Like, it's, it's weird saying that, like, I have agents and people that like I 
trust and like, and they're my friends. Like, I don't want to have like a transactional relationship where I just get emails, hey, post this, do this, do whatever. And I can honestly say everyone I work with is like my friends, you know what I mean? And uh, like my agency's not alive, but that's Daniel and Matt O'Keefe. Like, like they're just like my friends. Like I text them every day and um, they've helped guided me so much. And after Ireland, they're like, hey, like you need a bet, like you can do what you want. We're here for you and we'll do whatever you want. So I had some people reaching out and they're like, bet on yourself and let's not do anything until after the games. So I didn't sign any contracts after I and before the game. I didn't sign anything um, on myself. Because if you sign a contract for, if you're just like a, a regional level athlete, you sign a contract for X amount of dollars and you end up going to the CrossFit Games getting top 10, you can sign for way more. But if you bought into like a five-year deal, like you're kind of stuck getting that paid for however long. So it's, it's been pretty crazy to see that. They told me to bet on myself. What if you get top 10? And I was like, asked at the CrossFit games and uh, to kind of go there and see what they said, like pay off and I'm getting third place was nothing that I don't think any of us could have imagined. And the opportunities that came along with that has been unreal. And I really do believe I work with the best people in the game with Noble, Rogue, GoWad and signing with the podium company with partnering with the Buttery Bros and Matt Fraser just, it, it, it's pretty crazy. It's unbelievable. I feel like I just got like jumped into the deep end right away, but um like all those people are just like my friends now and it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. And so I got to ask you a question before we, before we stop talking. Um, I got to ask, so tell me more about the mullet. Tell me more about how it got started, what it represents to you. What does it mean to you? Is it like serious in the front party in the back? Like, tell me more about that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like I said, I wrestled. So I always had a buzz cut because you just can't have long hair when you wrestled and just easy to just buzz it off. And I had that for like six years. And then I decided that I was done wrestling. It didn't work out. So I grew it out. I found out I had curly hair. I had no idea. I had curly hair. I awesome. And I went and it was just kind of long and shaggy. I didn't know what to do with it. And I was going to do like a local partner comp. And my friend's like, dude, it'd be so funny if you cut your hair into a mullet. Like I was like, well, oh, back i don't care so like i cut it into a mullet and uh i went to the competition people liked it and then a week after that i was gonna go meet adam for the first time because we decided we were gonna work together but i've never met him before and i like pulled up i was like oh my gosh i forgot to cut my hair like this is gonna be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and i hopped out of the car and he's like dude is that a mullet and i was like yeah i'm sorry and he's like dude i used to have a mullet and it just kind of like grew into something. And right after that, I did Granite Games and kind of people there liked it. I liked it. It's just, uh, this kind of grew on me. And now it's kind of, I think it's here to stay now. So you're going to, it's here to stay. It's, it's, it's it, here to stay. It's not, it's not coming, it's not coming off. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it, was... It's honestly so crazy. Yeah. Did go you ahead. See, like being at the games and like, there's people there that got mullets because of me. Like it's uh it's just really cool to see the community kind of get behind it and get fired up. And it's really cool to see how people get, how much they get fired up about it. And uh, yeah, like it's, we're part of the best community. It's cool to see people kind of buy into it. Yeah. It's funny. I was, I was walking through the gym and I was telling one of our coaches like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go talk to Justin. He's like, dude, tell him his mullets legit. And if I had curls like him, I'd be doing the exact same thing. I was like, yeah, man, I'll let him know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so dude you got you got another couple months left of school then you'll graduate with, with a kinesiology degree if i'm not mistaken 
and you got, you know, you're at the top of the, you're at the top of the game. I mean, period in terms of CrossFit and, and, and the competition, um, you got a great team surrounding you. Um, tell me a little bit more about Adam and his mindset in terms of a coach. So does he also work with you on, is he like the everything coach? He's like the therapist, the programmer, the, uh, tell me a little bit more about him and, and, and his approach. I'm curious. Yeah, dude. He, he's like, he's honestly like, just like my best friend. Like when I say like, I'm up there in Vancouver living with him, like I live in his house with his wife and two kids. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. It's like that. Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah. So it's like that. And, and we're around each other 24 seven. I mean, obviously he works and owns at the gym and we live together. So, um, it's just like, I'm part of the family now and we get to talk about like just everything. It's really cool to kind of um, have that because he gets to see all aspects he gets to see my nutrition my sleep and when we're there at night like sitting around eating dinner like we get to talk about the day decompress kind of see how workouts went and uh he gets to see like the emotional side of things because like at, at the games like like leading up to the games like it's honestly emotional like roller coaster like I feel the pressure of everyone has on me I know I just got third place people are saying that oh like is he going to be top of the leaderboard what's going to happen and I had really bad days like leading up to the games just because you're pushing yourself so hard and the volume so high and uh, to have him there and have him see that and still see the confidence that he has in me um, is just pretty unreal. Like uh, it just allows me to keep pushing because there's never been a doubt in his mind that like I could win the CrossFit games. He's told me that since we started working together. He said, if you don't qualify for the CrossFit Games, this was like the first year, like last year. He's like, then you need to, you need to go get a new coach because I didn't do my job because oh, wow. he thought that I was fully capable of making the CrossFit Games. And if I didn't, it was his fault. And I'm like, dude, no, like <laughs> I need you to be part of my team. And uh, it's just really cool to see like how bought any is because like at times I feel like he wants me to win the CrossFit Games more than I want to win. And it's, I think that's super important to have uh, as a coach because like we're both 100% bought in and willing to do whatever it takes to me. That's awesome. I, um, I had a question for you. So from this year's games, did anything shake out differently than you anticipated in terms of like where people actually finish on a leaderboard? Any like major surprises to you or do you feel like it was kind of consistent with what your, your thoughts were? Yeah, I wouldn't say like actual people like on the leaderboard. One thing I was really curious about to see what happened is uh, like I train by myself. Like I don't have anybody to train with. And you see all these training camps like popping up. You have training think tank and comp train and the whole proven group now. And I was like, dude, is this going to be like a game changer? Like are these people just going right. to come in and just like crush the leaderboard? Like I just didn't know what was happening. Like I'm always training by myself. So I really don't know how I compare with everybody throughout the season. Like the only markers that I have is like the open quarterfinals, semifinals, and all these other people get to train with everybody like every day. So um, I wasn't sure how I was going to work out. And it was honestly pretty cool to see on the men's side of the leaderboard, the three guys on the podium are the three guys that train by themselves. Um, and that was kind of a cool thing to look at. It's like, okay, like, Hey, these training programs, like it's not something you have to do. Like if you're trying to make the CrossFit games, like you don't need to be training with high level athletes or whatever it is all the time. Like the top three guys at the podium train by themselves 90% of the time. So that was something that was really cool to see. And cause I was questioning all year. I'm like, dude, do I need to get a training partner? Do I need right. to join one of these programs or, or, or what? Cause you see all of them popping up and I just wasn't sure I was going to play out. 
That's really interesting. I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm really curious on that. So you're right. Top three guys trained primarily by themselves. Um, there's definitely pros and cons to training in a group. I think the pros are you could push each other, but there might be cons because maybe you overtrain or, or the dynamic gets weird or, or whatnot. Do you see yourself pursuing a, a group? Because I imagine people are going to want to start gravitating towards you um, now that you, you are the champ and, and whatnot. Do you see yourself being more open to that? Or do you like the idea of training on your own? Because it's almost like you're not chasing. So I've done both and, and, and I think both have value, but when you're by yourself in your garage, it's you against yourself and you're pushing because you don't know what the other guy can do. But if it's you against yeah. someone and you're maybe beating them on a consistent basis, maybe you don't push as hard. Like I think there's gives and takes. And what are your thoughts there? Yeah. So like two things on that. I think one thing that was really crazy is if you watch stage one of the games, Matt Frazier on that friendly frame workout, like blew everyone out of the water. Like, I don't have to remember like the top, like he got like 315 and second place was like 355. And then after that was like 355, 356, 358, like 401. And if you watch the video after he's like, ah, I don't know oh, what I'm going to yeah. do on that one. I think people are going to go faster. And you look at the leaderboard and he just blew everyone out of the water because he had no one to see. Like, you know, he didn't know where he was, but I feel like if he did that competition with other people, he would have been, he would have won it obviously, but I think he would have been a lot closer because you're almost training scared because you don't know where everyone's at. And you're like, I got to sell every last like soul I have to like finish a workout. So I think that's one thing that's really different about it. And when you're training with a group of people, like let's say I'm training with you, like there's certain workouts that I just know that you're going to beat me on. Like if we just do like a row workout. I'm like, Oh frick dude, Jason's going to crush me. So I'm going to like back off on this one. Cause he's already going to win. But if we do whatever it is, like a running muscle up workout, I'm like, okay, I'm going to beat him. I'm going to save my energy so I can crush him this workout. And I think that could be something. Cause I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things. And plus like, I would never want to train with a competitor of mine. I don't want to give any of my secrets away. I don't want him to know what my weaknesses are. I don't know, want to know what, I'm training every day. And I think if I did do that, I'd really like to train with a female athlete. If I can get one, cause we can compete in the gym every day, but we're not competing with each other on the leaderboard. Like I can tell her all the secrets and knowledge that I've learned. Um, and I'm still trying to learn so much more, but like we're both, we can both try to make each other better and still compete against each other. Rather, if you're competing with a male athlete, it's like, dude, I don't want to tell him too much because right. he could be chasing me on the leaderboard at the game. So um, that's just one thing for me mentally. And, if I'm competing, if I'm training with a male athlete at the game and he's beating me every day in workouts, I'm just going to be in a terrible headspace all the time. Be like, dude, I suck at CrossFit. I'm not fit anymore. This guy's crushing me. And um, yeah, I just don't want to play that head game. Cause there's some people that just like, you see people crush the open and then they go to the games and they're just, they're, they're nowhere to be seen. So yeah. I think it's just, uh, it's a really different aspect. And I, I think the mental game of CrossFit's way bigger than people think. And if you're not, and like your fitness, then you're not going to do as good as you can. So the, the mental side, and then I, you know, I, I love with what Tia and Matt had, right. Um, and, yeah. and still have, right. But the, the mental side across you, you said it's a lot bigger than, you, than people think like, what I agree with you hundred percent, but what exactly do you mean by that? Like what, what in particular do people maybe not have a good perspective on from a high level across the games athlete? Do you think? Yeah. And it might just be like my personal opinion, but like, I think 
you could pretty much give any workout. And there's someone that's stronger than me, someone that's faster than me, someone that could do more muscle-ups than me. And somehow I go to the CrossFit Games and I win. And I'm like, these guys, they're posting on social media, like rowing 1K is faster than I can row 1K. They're back squatting more than me, clean and jerk more than me, snatching more than me. And then we go to the games and I outperform them in those same workouts. Like, I'm just like, how does that happen? And I think they are questioning things going out into the workout and you're limiting what your body can do. And I'm sure every CrossFit and people like hear it, like your mind is going to shut off before your body does. You know what I mean? Like your body can do amazing things. And if you can allow your mind to tell your body to keep going, like, like you never want to go out and do a workout and be like limited from what your body is capable of. You want to go out there and showcase your fitness to the best of the ability and not be limited to like just because you're in a bad headspace. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't do. You know what I mean? Like if you're questioning things, like I think if you have, if you're super confident in a bad plan, like in a workout is way better than having a great plan that you're not confident in. Cause you're just questioning things the whole time you're out there. But if you just go out there and just execute whatever it is that you're confident in, you're going to do way better than if you're out there with the best plan in the world, but you just don't believe in it, if that kind of makes sense. Dude, 100%. And so on that note, before you go out for a workout or event, do you have a mantra or a slogan or something you tell yourself? Like, um, I had an old coach of mine. He used to tell himself, I'm money, baby. That's what he would tell himself. And it was like a, <laughs> it was like a, it was like a thing that he told himself, like, I'm money, baby. I don't know. For some reason, it got him, it got him in the right headspace. Do you have something you go over that reminds you of, you know, like something that I used to think about was move fast, breathe slow. What it reminded me to do is like to move with purpose, but to keep my hurry under control. That, that was my, like, kind of like my thing that I did. Do you have something like that leading into an event? Um, I think the only thing that like was consistent going to each event is like me and I'm like, okay, like die for points, like just got to be willing to die for points. And that doesn't mean like, if, if you like, I think people like get behind in a workout and they're like, frick, I'm not going to win cruise to the finish line. But like, no, like every point matters at the CrossFit games. You look on the leaderboard, like people are separated by two to four points and not that just not wasn't because of the last workout, like you could have lost that in workout number five. And in workout number 15, you lost by two points, but you could have made that up way earlier in the weekend. So I think like a, the sprint for me was a big part of that. Like I felt like I've been working on my sprinting so much and I started the sprint and I got elbowed and pushed to the back of the pack and I was trying to gain and go. And I'm like, Oh, I got pushed to the back. I'm not in a good position. Like I'm going to do so bad in this event. Like that was like the first thought that went through my mind. I'm like, no, I'm in the back of the pack, but there's two guys in front of me. Like I'm going to beat these two guys because there's three other heats. There's two guys in front of me. Like I got to be willing to sell out no matter what. And I ended up like, I'm just going to pass every person I can. I ended up doing a lot better in the event than I thought I was. Cause I just got pushed to the back and I was like, dude, I'm going to get last. This is not good. Cause I was stuck behind people. I was trying to run, but I wasn't running as fast as I could because there's people in front of me. Um, but it's kind of go out there and just like, when I cross that finish line, I just want to know I gave everything I had. And if I can say that after every workout, then like, I'm not going to be mad about what the leaderboard says at the end of the weekend. Dude, that's such an interesting perspective. This idea of like dying for points. And I know that's like a, that's like a, I mean, it's more of a, a figure of speech, but I think it makes total sense because you're right. 
I've been in situations where, um, let, let's just say like in, I expected to get, I expected to win or whatever, or whatever yeah. it is. You're like, oh, and you just kind of get comfortable and get complacent. And like, you're like, shit, I'm not going to win. So I'm just going to kind of back off a little bit. And all of a sudden you get passed by one or two people and you feel like a total jerk afterwards. But I think your yeah. mentality is before the event, die for points, right? Like you're going for every yeah. single point. I love that, man. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I think that was a big part of the weekend. And there's just a couple of times in the weekend where I crossed the finish line and I was like, I left something out there. Like I was very frustrated. Um, I think the snatch was one of them. Yeah. I PR'd and I, or not PR'd, I tied my PR and hit 285. And I went to the tie break and I missed my last snatch and three guys mm. passed me. And I'm like, I was super pumped on my 285 and I'm like, I felt like I just lost it because obviously Fikowski was behind me on the leaderboard. He passed me. Uh, Patrick Bellner was still snatching. I'm like, I just gave up so many points to these guys. Like, I just gave up 15, 20 points. And I was just like, walked across the finish line. And I was just like, dang it. Like you just, you don't want to look at the end of the weekend. You got beat by 15 points. You're like, that's where it was. Like I lost it on that tie break right there. Um, so but it ended up not it ended up not hurting me at the end. But um, it's something that you just it's just a terrible feeling to have because the guy didn't beat you because he was more fit than you. Like you lost it. I don't like that feeling. Like when I got third place last year, yeah, I was like I deserve third place. Like I I gave everything I had in those workouts. I didn't leave anything else out there. Like this was the spot I got, and I felt like I deserved it, and I executed the best of my ability. And I wasn't mad that I didn't get first because I was like, dude. I did everything I could and I got third. And this year, if, if I did my same exact performance and I got 12th place, I'd be like, dude, I can't be mad about it because I executed to the best of my ability. Same thing at the Mac. I actually the best of my ability and got third. And it was just like, well, that's what I had today. You know what I mean? Um, and I think the cool thing about it is even if I got 12th or first, like there's still so many things I can improve on. Yeah. That's, that's such a beautiful perspective, man. Um, I, I love that because you never know when's going to be your last competition, right? You have a long, you have a long, you know, I mean, you're young, you have a lot more to come, right? Of course. Um, but like for me, like I never knew when my last competition cross was going to be, I didn't know, for example, in my case, like my daughter got sick and, but to, to be able to walk off the field at any point and say, Hey man, I gave everything I had. I sold out for points. I sold out for the win. You could always leave with your head held high, whether you got third or first. And I think that's a beautiful perspective to have, you know, just through this conversation, I think, you know, at NC Fit and at our at our company, we really lean into this idea of like effort over everything. And, and this podcast used to be called Business of Fitness, but I renamed it to Effort Over Everything. So I just really believe that's something that we should lean into in everything, right? Whether you're husband, father, business owner, athlete. And it sounds to me like, dude, everything you're doing right now, you're just putting in your best effort. And I don't know if that, I think that probably stems from your childhood and your parents and then also wrestling. Um, but you, you just seem like a dude who's just put grinding, um, every day. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, I, I just, it, it just, it's perfect analogy for you. It's like effort over everything. Cause that seems like what you're putting into everything you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's awesome. I think just like last, like after Ireland, I finished the competition and I was so focused on, um, like, okay, act like you've been here. Like I, you won the competition, but don't get too excited. Don't do this. My dad came and gave me a hug and I felt like I was just trying to like, downplay everything and said like just soaking in the moment like oh my gosh like i just won like a sanction and i'm going to the crossfit games and i felt like i didn't get to soak in that moment as much as i should and that was something that i regretted and going on to like the mac and the crossfit games this year is like 
I want to soak in some of these moments because like I'm honestly doing like something that people wish they could do. And after the Mac, I was like, you know what? Like I just had a great workout. I'm going to walk into the stands and say hi to my family because that's what I want to do right now. And I want to say what's up and see how pumped they were about my finish. And same thing at the games. Like there's like, I'm not one to like kind of over celebrate or, or be cocky. Like I don't want to be that person, but there are some times where like, dude, I'm going to win my heat at the freaking CrossFit games in the Coliseum. Like I'm going to celebrate a little bit. Like I'm going to get the crowd into it, hit my last lift, like feel good about it. And uh, it's super cool. Cause now I can look back at the CrossFit games and I have some experiences where I'm like, dude, that was like once in a lifetime. I can't like picture that happening again. Cause I don't want to celebrate and act cocky, but then like sometimes it's just so cool. Like the clean event where um, Patrick and um, uh, Brent both failed their lift and I hit mine and then crossed the finish line. Yep, yep, it was yep. like the biggest adrenaline dump, biggest adrenaline jump I've ever had. And I just like yelled and screamed and I'm not wanting to do that too often. And it was just like, I walked back and I'm like, Adam, I am on such a high right now. I was like, I need to calm down because I am super pumped. And it was just really cool to have some of those moments to kind of like soak in the moment. Like obviously you're there for business, but you're doing something that people wish they could do. And I just wanted to like soak that in and have some memories they'll never forget. Bro, I got to tell you, man, I've really enjoyed this conversation. You, you're, you have a lot of depth to you. You have a lot of like, your mindset is critical and you just, you just seem like a really good dude, man. And I'm, I'm super, I'm super, super happy for you. I'm so uh, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that you took the time to talk to me and, and you just seem like a great ambassador for the sport. You seem like a great champion. And uh, I think it's just the beginning of a lot for you. So, you know, I just want to thank you for your time and, and um, your humbleness, dude. You just, I, and I get those moments like, bro, this, there are those moments and, and people want to celebrate them with you. You know, like they, they see that moment, you know, because although that's one moment with the clean event at the games, that took you years to build up and get ready for it. And to you, it's not yeah. just that one moment. It's all this culmination, dude. And, and people want to celebrate that with you, man. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really good what you have going on. And I think it's just the beginning of something really special. And so if people want to get to know more about you, I mean, I think this is an example of what we could do. Um, but if they want to, I don't know, where could they follow you on social media? Uh, how can they engage with you? What would be next steps for them? Yeah, no, I mean, I have my Instagram, Justin Medeiros 34 and uh, this offseason, I really want to start, like, uh, I have a YouTube channel that's up, I have a couple of videos out, something I really kind of want to put out and kind of just show people, like, how my days look. I, I want to put out, like, five to ten minute videos of just what I'm up to this offseason, like, like what my plan is, what my training looks like, and some of the cool things I want to do and kind of enjoy this offseason before I really dive deep into it during next season so um you, you can go to my instagram and i'll have a I'll have a link on there to uh, go to my youtube channel but um yeah those are the the two kind of places you can follow me along this year i love it dude well good luck on the rogue invitation on your next competition coming up uh dude good great success with finishing out your degree congratulations on that it's such a big accomplishment and uh like i said man thank you so much for taking the time today uh to speak with me and uh, i look forward to connecting with you again soon yeah, man, dude, thanks for having me on. It was awesome talking to you.